Welcome to the College of Europe podcast, where we debate European affairs and more. Hello, and welcome on this new series of the College of Europe podcast. The college is also a place where research and ideas are important. With this new series, we have decided to highlight the research and the publication of our professor and our academic assistants. Learn about their recent books or articles. Enjoy! Hello everyone and uh, thanks for tuning in to uh, this new podcast. Um, my name is Celia Chalet. I'm an academic assistant in the European Legal Studies Department at the College of Europe and I'm also a ac- um, PhD researcher at Ghent University in Belgium. My field of research is, in my opinion, a very interesting one uh, because it focuses on the EU sanctions adopted uh, in connection with the crisis and then the war in Ukraine since 2014. So that means sanctions against Russia and also sanctions against former uh, Ukrainian elites. Um, and I focus on these sanctions and on the judgments of the Court of Justice of the European Union on these judgments. Um, Based on that research, uh, I've recently published a few articles. Uh, One of them focuses uh, not specifically on Russia, but on the case of the sanctions against Belarus. Because, as you might know, uh, we had implemented sanctions against Belarus for decades now due to the internal uh, situation in Belarus. But because of the war and because Belarus is being involved in the conflict, then the EU also adopted sanctions, additional sanctions, um, against Belarus. Now, In my article, which I co-wrote with Yulia Medvedskaya, we discuss how the features of EU sanctions have evolved over time and how there is a mismatch between sanctions on paper and sanctions in reality. Um, In theory, sanctions are supposed to be targeted, temporary and preventive. Targeted because they are supposed to target precise people, very uh, identifiable persons and entities, based on precise and pre-established criteria. But this is not really the case today, as the EU is adopting wide-ranging sexual restrictions targeting entire sectors of the Belarusian but also Russian economy. Think about oil, think about coal, think about wood, cement, uh, seafood. So we are targeting entire sectors of the economy, and this is broadening uh, the impact of our sanctions. Sanctions are also supposed to be um, preventive, that is to say, adopted in order to to prevent a crisis or behavior, not as a punishment. But the use practice today shows very much that we are reacting after events happen, after the war was triggered, after uh, Lukashenko started cracking up on the civil society. So, of course, this doesn't match uh, the theory anymore. And finally, sanctions are supposed to be temporary, that is to say, lifted once the objectives of sanctions have been achieved. So the war ends, um, democracy comes back within the country, or the country uh, respects international law again. Um, Sanctions are also supposed to be renewed, uh, reviewed and lifted uh, potentially every six months or year. But again, the practice shows that usually when we adopt sanctions, they are meant to stay. Belarus has been under sanctions for decades. Uh, The sanctions linked to the war in Ukraine have been in place since 2014 for some of them. So there is an increasing gap between the the theory and the reality, and that calls for an assessment of the EU. We need to rethink our sanctions practice and to to draw the conclusions from these evolutions. And this need for broader reflection on, on how we are using our sanctions tool now 
is all the more important that it's raising increasing issues linked to EU competences, fundamental rights, the rule of law, uh, humanitarian consequences of the sanctions as well. Um, if you look at the recent, the first judgment of the Court of Justice on the sanctions against Russia, more precisely, the broadcast ban adopted against Russia today, which created very much debate within the EU when it was adopted in March, um, in that judgment, the General Court said that the EU was competent to adopt a broadcast ban like that. Whereas in reality, uh, many actors stressed that a broadcast ban fell under the audiovisual media regulation, for which the EU has very limited competence. Yet the General Court said that the EU could still act. The General Court also said that in times of extreme urgency, the Council of the European Union, which adopts the sanctions, can further derogate the target's procedural rights, such as the right to be heard or the right to be notified of the reasons for the listing. So once again, that, that brings the question of, can we do anything when it's a situation of war and emergency? What legal safeguards to implement and how will our sanctions tool uh, keep evolving in the future? So I think these are very uh, dynamic questions which, which require a lot, of, a lot of discussion, a lot of debate, a lot of research today. Um, and it's also, of course, always a pleasure to discuss that with the students. Um, thank you very much for joining in and please stay tuned for the next podcast. Welcome to the College of Europe podcast, where we debate European affairs and more.